Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, which I'm excited to say we are now airing five days a week. Once a week, you can still hear an interview with a different consciousness change maker that is out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness across Spaceship Earth. But now, also, in addition to the weekly interview, on the other four weekdays, you can tune in to myself and my co-host, Dalian, given interpretations of our favorite thought-provoking quotes, sharing a bit of inspiring or mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and digging into any other mind-expansive topics we deem worthy of discussion. And if you enjoy the Positive Head podcast, please be sure to follow us on iTunes by subscribing there, and also be sure to leave us a good review. In the podcast world, good reviews and subscribers on iTunes really are the holy grail. I mean, the more subscribers and good reviews you get, the more exposure you get. So if you love the show, or even just like it a little bit, <laughs> please subscribe, give us a good review on iTunes. I assure you the support will be very much appreciated, and I'm confident the good karma gods will rain blessings down upon thee for doing so. All right, all you positive heads. On today's episode, I am happy to have Sevan Bomar back here with me on the show for part two of what we started last episode, or last interview episode. Um, my energy is definitely still through the roof. Uh, as I introduced him last time, I made that comment and it definitely was so through the roof that I asked him to come back to complete and pick his brain further. He agreed. So I'm extremely ecstatic to have him here with me. Uh, for those of you who haven't tuned into the previous episode, definitely do that. Uh, although it's not necessary to listen in any particular order. Um, it's all amazing information. Uh, Sevan is a widely known spiritual teacher committed to the universal transformation of humanity uh, and involution, involution for all beings. Hello, Sevan. Welcome back to the show, man. Holmes, Brennan. It's really great to, to be back on. I always call it, you know, Ford. <laughs> in theory, exactly. we're a little bit further out. And yeah, it, it's amazing to keep it going. I mean, I felt like last show there was just so much we got into and it flowed really well. So I definitely had to come in again because it is a rare time that you see, you know, a host so in tune with the message and, you know, able to really pull out those secrets because, you know, I guess it's like an old person, you know, it's like with, with that's been on lots of travels and things. Many of us that have that have uh, traversed this spiritual spectrum are like that in a tense. We become very wise. But in that, you know, you come to our house and there's this, you know, it's kind of like the uh, the beginning of the movie John Carter, the guys in the room. And there's just all this stuff like maps and stuff in drawers. And, you know, each thing looks like a very powerful conversation piece. And I feel like we can be like that sometime when we've gone through so much in the spiritual path that, you know, you need to kind of figure out uh, what you're going to unpack each of these shows. And so it really helps when you have a host that is very inquisitive about, you know, getting to the, uh, not only fits to vegetarians, but to the meat of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And, you know, exactly. and getting into things that, you know, we all want to know in this particular space and time that's going to really allow us to make that expansion and, and not go into circles too much. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah, it's it's one of those things as I had a conversation with, you know, I have a co-host, Dalian, when it, I do daily shows, Dalian is my co-host, and uh, I was talking to him a little bit about our uh, podcast, and he actually does all the editing uh, for the show, so he always hears them before anyone else, if, you know, as far as the interviews go, and I was saying, yeah, you know, the great thing about talking to Savan is, like, I, I see myself as this person that is 
uh, very part of my path is bringing people kind of into this information and even introducing them maybe to this information. Um, whereas someone like yourself, it's going extremely deep into it. So I, you know, I love, uh, actually getting to turn around and, and, and as opposed to telling people about some some of these con, uh, you know concepts that really get them in, and, and I can go into some pretty deep concepts myself. But you go so deep on some of this stuff from, and of course, as you talked about in the original podcast, your uh, a lot of that information came through your own connection to your higher self. I suppose you would call it right. Having you were doing yeah. breath work. And you've tapped into something where a lot of this is like downloaded information. So uh, there's no replacing for getting information directly from a source or from other realms. So <laughs> I'm sure. always going to be all years <laughs> if I if I have the chance to get access to someone's <laughs> someone's pipe to source. You know, right? <laughs> so a bunch of things that I have written down here that we kind of talked about briefly. That okay. uh, I would I would. You know, it's like, where to begin? Let's see. Some of these things, you talked a little bit with me about codes of the Eng- English language and the connection to phi. We hear a lot these days about sacred geometry and, and phi and things like that. Can you can you speak a little bit on that? For sure. And, you know, just for people who are listening for the first time also, you know, uh, just a brief introduction is, is that I'm just like you. Uh, you know, I have this fervent passion to discover you know, the secrets and the mysteries of, of the planetary system. And it's a real thing. Um, I'm not doing it just as a, as a side job or, or a hobby. It's something that I'm genuinely interested in. So in doing that for now, you know, what's been a whole life, because I was really raised in it, you know, this is the information that I've been able to gather in order to get more clarity for myself. So I will let the listeners know that, you know, if they say, well, you know, how does, you know, what is his authority? <laughs> like, right, know, what right. is the authority of where you can speak this way? And it's just from having that, that ongoing pursuit and then also um, really having access to so many different things because of having a strong will. Because, of course, when you're really looking for something, then you will attract it. Maybe even before we learn about this stuff called the law of attraction and those kind of things, it's just our, our will to really want to, to know something and to discover something and to experience something. So when it comes to the English language, you know, what happened was a part of that major transformation for me actually came first within the language. Uh, and it came out more like a riddle. And uh, kind of how it rolled out to me, it was like, yeah, James, you like to play games. And I was like, wait a minute, I didn't even know my first name rhyme with games, <laughs> but that is my thing. It's like I have had this thing over life, you know, just like many of us in the Western culture, we love to play these games. And it's just like, to me, I even play chess really well. So game video games are almost like hybrid chess boards for me. They give you more pieces and more parts to do different things with. And uh, so I've always looked at it like that and found that as a challenge. But I said, yeah, James, you like to play games. But you're trying to get light, as in light and and, and brightness, but you need to get light, as in that I had become too heavy. Um, It said that, you know, you you, um, have too much weight, Mm -hmm. W-E-I-G-H-T, so you'll wait, W-A-I-T. And uh, and this Uh was kind of like that first transmission from higher self. And the interesting thing about that first was that all those words, and there was more words mentioned, but they were all the same words. (laughs) 
And then, you know, so my first rebuttal, and this was also having just a, a prolonged experience with spiritual things. So this didn't scare me as much as it would someone who just all of a sudden gets this transmission into their mind. But uh, I was very inquisitive about, you know, why are these words the same? And they said, well, you know, because the words are backwards. You get it? Mm-hmm. Back. Mm-hmm. Words. The words are backwards. <laughs> Look at what direction the m- words are moving. And then it says, uh-huh. now study these other languages and you'll see the direct the directions in another direction and, and the, the flow is in another direction direction. This is because this controls the direction of your your brain and the way that you think and your mind and even your aura. And uh, so it was actually years later that I figured out that the English language had a unique connection with phi, which is basically a never-ending spiral. So alphabet, uh, the original term is, uh, is Kabbalistic, as the word cabal actually means, uh, comes from our root word cable, or there's two Kabbalists. There's one that it, it comes from the Latin root Kabbalius, which is like a horse or a Trojan horse. It's like a, a, a something to carry something somewhere. And obviously that, that has a lot to do with getting this program into people's mind. And then it kind of unpacks itself in a bit like a Trojan horse, especially the English language. And then the other one, which is mo- kind of the more ancient root to Kabbal, comes from the root of our word cable or a wheel. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this cable is set up to where the first letter of the language, in this case, A, is a pulse connect with the last letter of the language, Z. And then that forms this perfect circle. And, uh, and when you get into geometry, you find that things such as the pentagram, things such as phi are related to these perfect circles or spirals. And so you find this very unique connection with language, but you also find um, kind of the explanation of why words can go on and on and on and on and sometimes not even say anything or why words cannot be as important as experience and actions, but how words also can be very confusing because uh, phi is like that too. It can take on several different forms, but it's all the same thing coming and emitting from the same source. So this is, uh, you know, just some surface on language and it, you know, because it gets really deep because you start finding out that, you know, there's a lot more deeper stuff in the language, meaning like your name. Um, I find that people's name have a tendency to be like an argument, like what came first, a chicken or the egg? Like, did I get this name from some divine kind of higher version of myself or did my mom give it to me? And, right. you know, from in my life personally, I found that when I was able to completely break down my name, that it held all of the components to what I was going to become. And then when I started looking also at uh, places that I grew up, the hospital that was born in and just learning this, what we just called the code and started ciphering words, I found a very unique story coming out of those words that really, really expressed my experience, my own spiral through this life. And, yeah. uh, and also what's going to happen in the future. And I figure that's, that's also the, the big unique thing, as I mentioned last time, about when you fully break down ling- English and many other languages that they have a story. Yeah. And, uh, and then that story really details like the beginning all the way to the end. And then it shows also how it connects, just like Phi yeah. shows how it all connects. Yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. definitely relate to that uh, where you're talking about, you know, words being encoded with how many times have you heard of, you know, Bernie Madoff? He made off with everyone's money or, you know, it's it, so many times I hear someone's name and then see what they do. 
and the yeah. life that they've lived. And it's like a comical. That's just one example that pops into my head, you know, and maybe I'm being creative with some of my interpretations, but it's been enough times where you just see, you know, uh, someone's name and then you, you get what they're all about. And it's like, makes total, yeah. total sense. You know, my first name, meaning beacon on a hill. Um, you know, I definitely feel a calling to help be a light to the world to help, uh, you know, enlighten and, and bring awareness first and foremost to myself. As you mentioned earlier, we're all here learning first and foremost and teaching secondarily, right? But then I can look at my last name. It's Beecham. Well, if I break that down, what is it? It's be a chum, you know, be a friend to the world, right? Like that's yeah. what I'm here trying to do. And so be, you know, being everyone's chum, that's, I'm, I'm, definitely always doing that it's one of my main intentions is is to get people you know to like people and get people to like me back so and to, to make people feel good so it's uh right. it's it is it's very interesting when, when you take a look at those sorts of things right because and it's interesting that you mentioned that even with the first name because even if we cipher it through our system we get the exact same meaning of what you've interpreted as because if we just take it because ours you know we kind of make it a little bit more innovative and bringing a future forward but if you get brand itself it means to to mark something and then right. if you get on then that is the heliopolis heliopolis name for the light and so yeah. it's branding light in a tense to saying that i'm bringing infinite amount of light so it kind of right. interprets the same way as you know what it does before and then you can even spin it around and move the words around and it kind of keeps saying the same thing and this is also because language is actually the tarot and uh that's why even the tarot is connected to phi and that's why a lot of this stuff it just like we talked about last time it just packs itself up like russian dolls because yeah. this language also tells this story just like uh tarot tells a story of a process of a full awakening and so does our experience within the reality, especially if we're headed to this point of full awakening. So it yeah. can kind of be a little bit paradoxical in a certain tense. And, you know, even to the point where you feel like, well, did I make that up? But the yeah, truth totally. is because it contains all of the components, you know, it, anything you can really pull out of it and you can connect it like one connects to two, two connects to three, et cetera. They're not separate. Then we, you know, we find some amazing revelations and comfort also in, uh, in our existence. And so I feel yeah. like that that's, that's the most, one of the most powerful things that you can do with yourself and self-discovery. Yeah. And it's, you know, and then you tie in all the synchronicity that comes with that sort of nested doll, Russian doll kind of, uh, experience that we're, we're having when you, you know, I, right now, for example, I just have up uh, on another tab as we're talking, I have sort of some notes and things that I want to touch on with you. And I look at, uh, uh, go over to Facebook tab and it's, uh, happens to be a post up from Nassim Haramein, the, you know, mm -hmm. the brilliant physicist. And what mm -hmm. is his, what is, it's a flashing gif of phi and, uh, you know, our golden ratio, and it's uh, a quote that says, Buckminster Fuller explained to me once that because our world is constructed from geom geometric relations like the golden ratio or the Fibonacci series, by thinking about geometry all the time, you could organize and harmonize your life with the structure of the world. Mm. And uh, so it's just, a, you know, it just ties in exactly into essentially what we're talking about. So it just gets very, very interesting once you kind of start decoding and, and making the connections between, uh, and that's really what humans do so well is is you're making you're able to to draw connection between uh, you know events and kind of give them right. meaning in that way. 
Yeah, I mean that that embodies our entire life truly. I mean, we're the gap. We're we're what's in the middle of the gap. And you know, um, you know when we study deep into, you know, this esoteric knowledge and even electronics and it's kind of like your spark plug. There's the gap and then the spark yeah, has right, to fly across right. the gap. And in this tense, the humans are the gap because we give a meaning to really two totally opposite poles. In this case, we could say spirit and flesh, just worlds that something that's even worlds or universes apart, but connected somehow between us. And, uh, and we live out an infinite way like that. And, you know, that alone, you know, it's just enough to boil your brain. That's how sometimes I can say that, you know, the simple things you just lay out, lay down at night and just start wondering where we came from. I mean, that's enough to really get you seeing the majestic level <laughs> of our existence. You know, it just exactly. depends on what you're looking for. <laughs> exactly. And speaking of that, uh, one of the things that we touched on briefly, uh, we spoke a little bit before our recording and talked about some different possible subject matters that we may go into. And one of those things that was brought up was the exact origin uh, of the gods and other entities. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Well, you know, how it's been classified um, in the deeper texts is that they generally separate the ancient ones from the elder gods. And, and both of those sound old to us. <laughs> but the, obviously, the ancient ones are a little bit further back. And then the elder gods are the ones that uh, were really more of the children of the ancient ones. And so when you get into the elder gods, which is really what the world is dealing with now, when you talk about entities such as Jehovah and you talk about entities such as those you see in the Egyptian pantheism or the commandments pantheism this is really the the elder gods and they generally act out in the forces of nature and have embodied mm-hmm. themselves within the forces of nature versus the ancient ones which is really the only time you really get a lot of knowledge about or you won't even get a lot but any kind of transmission of what the activities of the ancient ones are is um the, in, in mentioning in some of the, the pyramid texts in those kind of books to where they talk about a space that um where nothing actually comes from, where this, what they call the subjective plane. And uh, the easiest way to explain the subjective plane is, is that it's the material that everything is made out of. And while it may seem like, you know, the word subjective means that, you know, some, that it's being subject to something, that's kind of like a misinterpretation. What it really means is that it can give abundantly because it hasn't ID'd itself. It Mm -hmm. lets you ID it so that way you can go on with your whole creation process. But whatever you create is made up of it. So it actually lives through it lives through that. And so thus it lives through everything. So it's practicing something different than kind of how we do things on the planet, because we generally uh, for the standard person doesn't give as much. They generally love to receive, but the giving is more like a thing that they need to grow to understand how to do uh, versus in the subjective plane. It's only giving, giving, giving because it's unlimited energy. And so it's just about, you know, how much can you really give because or how many vessels are there to give to so that way they can start to create something out of it. And how I had this experience, you know, just in a very vivid way, is one time I was pretty high up on a on a mountain and I was looking down into the city and uh, I had opened my third eye, which I had become aware of how to do that at that point. And mm-hmm. um, this was kind of like the point of no return in, in a certain tense, because as it started opening, 
And because I had never tried to uh, do that that high in the air, I began to become aware of something that was either going to totally melt me down or create something new. And I think so this is kind of like that point of no return. And uh, so it was basically either you're going to laugh or you're going to cry about what you're about to see. And if you start crying, then it's going to get ugly from there. If you start laughing, then, you know, you'll realize the cosmic uh, joke, if not. uh, Interesting. Exactly. And so what happened was, is that I actually saw that everything was one thing. And uh, and what it had been doing is is it had been camouflaging itself as all these different things that we've created. And so we think that there's a difference between a car and a crystal and uh, let's say gas or let's say, you know, toys, the barbecue pit. (laughs) And the interesting part is, and this was the big check was like, but all this stuff is pulled from the earth. I don't care what it is, even if it's plastic. And because of that, it be the original origins. It's all the same thing. So what you've really got a chance to see though, was something that was hyper sentient and was living with us, but without our knowledge that, you know, we were on top of it in it, living around it. And it is just because we think it's kind of like inanimate. So that was, you know, the, the major confirmation for me that everything is in fact the same thing. Uh, and it's just only our, you know, our consciousness that begins to separate one thing from another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. And it seems like that's the dance, right? Yeah. From my perception anyway, is what is the, the higher version, our higher self or source or whatever you want to call it, God, God, you know, this God self, it is, it is one thing, but, and you may even call that thing love as the ultimate, uh, base of what it is. But if you're one Think about it in, in in human terms. If you're the only being that exists in your love, by definition, and there's nothing else, well, what what difference does that make? It becomes meaningless. Separate right. yourself into these infinite parts. Forget forget yourself. Uh, experience that which you are not. Pain, negativity, doubt, separation, all those things, and then wake up to the truth of seeing. Hold on, I'm connected with all things, and you know, and then start that merging kind of process. And I've heard it put before as the sort of the breathing in and out of God, separation, unification, separation, unification. And this is the dance that, you know, we go through throughout eternity. It's how God knows herself, right? And so, and then of course you even have that uh, as a reflection, they say, of course, the physical realm is just a reflection of the, these other, you know, spiritual uh, realms. So think about it like what are we talking about in modern science as one of the the way the the universe itself is formed well if it starts as this infinitesimal speck that explodes outwards you know this dense infinitesimal speck explodes outwards into everything that we see now physically and one of what is one of the main theories that it will potentially collapse back on itself you know what is that separation unification separation unification so i find that concept really interesting of course there's some speculation if that's how it will go or even how it began but uh, i think it's it's very interesting how those concepts mirror that uh, idea of you know what's happening on a spiritual what i feel much more confident about and and that is that that's what's happening on a spiritual level you know we're this for sure these and, fractals. and you know and to to add to that it's you know because time is is really more of an octave and a frequency more than it is you know a space or um you know allocation of a limit and so what we find is is we find that we actually have designed ourselves to pop up 
in the most keen times or what we feel is the most keen times of that right. process. And right. so we can choose to appear in the beginning. We can choose to appear in the end. We can choose to appear in the middle. And, uh, and that's actually our allotment. You know, if there's any kind of inheritance that we get, yeah. it's basically our, our memories, our past. And that's also what, you know, this whole professional reincarnation aspect of that I talk about and I teach is really about is, you know, having access to your own loop, if you may. And then right. understanding how you will appear at what you feel like is the greatest part of how you're going to make the change in yourself or get to what you need to get to this time. And, yeah. uh, and sometimes that comes in like a deja vu or a very strong deja vu, or it comes in as a time to where you feel like, man, I don't know what I was doing in my teens or my twenties. I feel like a whole different person now. And the yeah. fact is, is that, yeah, it's, it's really like that, that we choose to walk in and become more conscious in our life at a specific point that is like a, a spike in our timeline because it looks kind of like a record because even the concept of a record is perfect. The disc is perfect because it's magnetics. And then when you vibrate that area, it plays a sound. And that's the same thing that we do with our creation that when we, you know, harmonize into a specific point or phase lock into a specific point, we appear. And, yeah. and this is how we work, you know, our, okay, well, what did I do last life that I feel like that that's where I need to be more present at, or that's where I need to change a decision and how we see it when we're just looking at it is we just see it as a wavelength. And then there's these spikes and those spikes are when something uh, very, you know, either traumatic life changing or whatever has taken place. And then we, so we can identify those points. And that's exactly also what a person sees when they do uh, leave, whether they're just doing it kind of on a temporary get prepared for death, you know, I'm going to go into a near death experience or they do it on a permanent level is they just see all the spikes. They don't actually see the entire process of life. They see the most important parts of life, which right. fill in all of the gaps for them. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite amazing this experience. And, you know, like I said, there's just, there's a lot to, to uh, personally have to tap into because you're not going to find it in in the the mainstream at all. Um, I, I was just listening to this recording today um, on the Joe Rogan show, but it was basically, you know, they, they one guy made a pretty good statement and he just said, you know, if you see the stars um, when you go up about 6,000 feet above sea level and there's no lights, I mean, it's unreal. Yeah. And it does something to you. But the standard person will never see the stars like that because of so much light pollution. So we can easily get away from the majestic and magical side of life, if you may, and uh, and get all robotic, you know, with these droids and things like that. And then a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, the true aspects of, of what we could be inheriting and studying, even geometry and those kind of things kind of can slip through the cracks until we become until it becomes important to us. And this is what actually is happening for a lot of people. They even hear the show and like, yeah, you know, that's something I need to do. I'm going to drive out and take a look at the stars or so we're, we're also here to remind each other of Absolutely. what's important and uh, and to wake each other up. You know, when it's time, it's kind of like the kid that wakes people up from the naps during kindergarten, yep. you know, <laughs> so yes. that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can definitely relate to that analogy because, yeah, I've always, that's exactly what I feel like my calling is to do, you know, and I guess anyone yeah. on this path is we, we all are feeling that calling so strongly. It's like you see this thing and you're tapping into this thing and we all have our unique ways of tapping into it and different amounts of information in different ways that is coming through. But at the end result, it's like once you realize 
whether it's through a full third eye activation experience that all is one or whether through some other means you're reading a book and you just have this overwhelming sense that that this is true and it rings true for you and it you know it, it feels so real in your bones you you have no choice but to uh, subscribe to that concept right it's like once yeah. you understand that however you understand that wh- what is there to do except for wake up your brothers and sisters, the other parts of self that are sleeping. Because, right. you know, my, my belief is, and I'm sure you, you'll probably agree, for us to, we have our own individual uh, evolutions happening. It's a, it's a di- divine dichotomy. Uh, two apparently contradictory things that both are true. Like you and I are separate, you and I are one, right? Both are true, depending from what perspective we're talking. And so when you, you know, look at the idea of, these other parts of self sleeping and being asleep and we're, you know, yeah, I may be progressing in my own evolution, but if there's some part of me that's still sleeping out there that is forgotten its divinity and it's, you know, is, is unplugged from its, its higher self, uh, it's in some ways a reflection of me that is, that is unplugged. And for us to make the evolutionary leap as a species, as, you know, you have the collective consciousness of humanity, the same way there's the collective consciousness of, uh, you know, dolphins or birds or whatever, you know, for us to make the leap uh, on the threshold that we're on, we need to wake up all the parts of self that are sleeping so that we can collectively uh, ascend to the next kind of level is, is my belief. For sure. And then, you know, what I always say about it is, is that, you know, it just imagine the potential. <laughs> and that's kind of more yeah. what I get into and, and why I'm so adamant at, you know, continuing to spread the message despite whatever I'm dealing with. And it's because the potential of what the world can be is very real, yeah. you know, yeah. if as we gain more and more awareness. So uh, to me, that's what would make it fun. Other than that, it can, you know, it, it gets really redundant and it, it yeah. really does. Yeah. It's just like, it's not, it doesn't Seems offer like much can't potential win. <laughs> because it's kind of capped off. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And there's so much dysfunction out there and it's like, oh my gosh, what difference can I make? And that's really what I have to remind myself, even with this, with this show and, you know, this labor of love doing this, us having this conversation, both of us putting in our time, effort, and energy to kind of share this information. It's like, if it's touching one person or two people, I have to remind myself. And luckily, thankfully, uh, I'm very grateful for the fact that it's growing very rapidly and I'm reaching more and more people every week and things like that. But, um, at the end of the day, you just, it's, you've got to remember, it's like, if you're just touching anyone, you're making a real difference. And I think that's the, you know, as Jim Carrey said, it's the greatest currency, the effect you make on, uh, you have on someone else. And, uh, I think it's important to, to try and remember when you get overwhelmed with, you know, the sheer magnitude of dysfunction and pain and fear and negativity that we're kind of up against in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's a constant thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's a constant thing because, you know, with the with the reality as it is now, I mean, it's just, you know, there's stuff going everywhere. And, you know, we could talk to the sun, you know, comes up to about it, but (laughs) it's a real thing. And, you know, when you're when you're also doing this, it's kind of like there's also another current that you become somewhat exposed to. And um and sometimes it just doesn't come off as, as as the greatest experience. But that's, of course, the what strengthens and endures us. That allows us to endure. That's what even yeah. if you're teaching becomes your lesson. And so yeah. I find it can often, you know, be very useful in continuously sharpening, you know, who you are and developing more character. Yeah. 
Yeah, you, you talked in, in our previous conversation, actually, you just referenced a little bit ago, the idea of being a professional reincarnator. And the, you also referenced in the previous conversation, the concept of not having to wait until death to die. Can you talk a little bit more? I'm fascinated by the concept of reincarnation in general. Uh, and of course, uh, it's not every day I have the chance to talk to a professional reincarnator. So uh, <laughs> can you tell me a little bit more what you mean when you say that. And, and, and I think you did, like I said, you spent a few minutes on it before, but I'd like to hear more. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, why not? <laughs> well, you know, it, it really blows past a lot of the, I would say, the concepts about the transmigration process, like, you know, how much control do we really have over our next experience? And also, you know, if we came into this life not knowing anything uh, about our previous lives, unless maybe we're regressed or, you know, you start remembering things, um, is it going to be the same way next time? And so these are some of the, the major questions that I had. And, you know, it kind of got a little depressing for a while because I would be like, like, you know, why am I having these experiences, you know, um, even with family and those kind of things, if I'm not going to remember any of this later, I mean, what's the whole point? Yeah, <laughs> and, right. Uh, that's of course when you're taking it a little bit too serious, but Hey, you know, that's how it is. Especially when you start brushing up against the spiritual world, you find out it's real, but yet you're living in a reality that the, the authorities don't even recognize it in that tense. And so that could get a little unnerving too. And that's a lot of the people that fill up the platform. So what, what I decided to do personally was keep going like even now i'm still challenged to keep going even beyond what people are calling spirituality right now and because either way there's going to be something next there's going to be something new so we might as well get to it and not get complacent but right, just in right, regards right. to what happens to me after this uh, i really did need to get more control over that situation and and also removing like I'm the Lord of my own life. I'm the master of self. So I ha I don't have that same comfort that many people have or sometimes false comfort, but hey, whatever it is uh, that, you know, something's just going to come and scoop them up when this is all over with, whether it's in some spaceship or whether it's being caught up in the cloud and going to hang out with someone in, uh, I guess, clouds that feel like cotton and streams of Play, peacocks. Playing I don't the harp for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or maybe up there with Santa Claus. I'm not sure. But, you know, I just wanted to be really much more in control of my next process. And so that's when I began to study a lot more about those who were always preparing for that, this life. And of course, you find a lot of that in the Eastern tradition, of course, with the lamas and with the monks, because I felt like, you know, if you're sitting in this room all day and all year, and you've been doing this for 20 years, you have to know something. Now, that doesn't mean that occurs in every single case, because in many of the of those places, that's like a culture. So it's kind of the same way that we get up, go to school, whatever. It's just the monk life is the culture. So they're really just, you know, very uh, down to earth, very simple and uh, very loving people. But as far as if you go and try to hit them up with professional reincarnation and what the process is, they're not going to be just they're not going to be schooled about that. But in in many sects, though, that have allotted uh their citizens and uh, denizens a lot of time to practice their spiritual uh, standing, you find uh, those who have breached beyond and they've wrote about it and they talk about it. You know, you just have to be available to listen and read between the lines. And what it talks about is, is that obviously the, uh, one of the major goals here is to begin to grow your spirit and to have your spirit become larger and larger. 
And you can obviously do that through meditation and you can do that through experience. You can do that through many different things. Now, actually, some things also shrink the spirit. So when I'm also saying larger and larger, I'm not saying you need to get bigger and bigger. And in fact, this kind of everything is paradoxical. So it kind of has to do with being more collected and less divided. But we can say for the for the tense of how we need to understand it is getting the spirit bigger and larger. And then when you begin to do that, it actually has fuel to it. This prana kind of functions the same way as um, a fusage, a fusage lodger, uh, you know, a fusage lodger fuel would be for a rocket ship. So the more of this mm-hmm. that you have, the the more you gain the ability to thrust into different spheres. And uh, and when you start doing this professional. I guess the first term was a time lord in a certain tense, and then professional reincarnator is kind of like my own coin term. But you start to be, yeah. gain this ability to close the loop in time, and also to get to a point to where you feel comfortable what, with what is going to happen next, because you start running through these procedures, and. Um, and so there's a lot to it. This is like, you know, if, if one of the classes, like, say, to become a doctor is 10 years, you can imagine right. how long a professional reincarnation course would be. It could <laughs> be over lifetimes of, you know, when the person finally starts figuring out, hey, maybe I need to get in control of this and take it off of autopilot. And because I, I did uh, become aware in a, in a very uh, clear way that the reincarnation process is like an autopilot. It kicks in just as sure as when you get knocked out, you start breathing or Sometimes the whole reason why you pass out is because you lose breath. The body turns off certain things and says, okay, let me just breathe because yeah. this something's going wrong. So it has all yeah. of these uh, hardwired um, fail safes, if you may, that kick mm-hmm. in automatically. And that is one of those is the part of the reincarnation process. So in order to begin to tamper with that, if you may, just in using that term, if we begin to mess with that, what we find is, is that we have to kind of like, I guess, uh, the word I'll use cheater because cheater is, is an anagram for teacher. So you kind of have to cheat. It's <laughs> like, you don't actually go through the same process that everyone goes through when they die. You find out a way to not leave a signature and uh-huh. how you do that is just, you're not as surprised about it as, most people are when they're experiencing that it's because it's just it's like taking maybe dmt or ayahuasca or whatever for the first time you go through this process and then it's just so overwhelming and then you realize that you're out of you're over your head rather fast especially if this is your first time but you know if you've gone in several times you could do this through breathing you can do this through many ways there's different ways of discovering that this is a matrix and right. uh, in certain tenses, when you start to get more familiar with it, then you're able to stop the whole reaction part and right. almost leave no signature. And this is the way that it becomes easy to get out of the body because the body doesn't uh, activate to hold the being inside of the body. And then there becomes somewhat of a struggle between the spirit and the flesh. Right. And so these are these are some of the onsets. You know, I'm just giving some, you know, some just key points here. But the whole yeah. concept in itself is, which is really beyond a concept. I don't actually like the word. I just have to find a new word. But the whole thing <laughs> is really steering into how do you actually begin to remove your spirit from your body? But yeah. that's just a larger part of the spirit while still keeping a certain amount of your spirit still in your body so that it can function. And, you know, these, this may seem like a part of science fiction, but it's actually not, this is ancient knowledge. And again, a big part of that is growing the spirit so large that when you take a part of it out of it, 
out of the body, the body doesn't have a problem with functioning, but yeah. this new consciousness that you or this, the rest of your consciousness, if you may, can actually travel. Now, this is this is something that we're I believe personally that we're all doing, but mm-hmm. because of the inability to send fuel, if you may, into all of those variations of ourselves, we kind of get stuck into this one particular reality that we're in until we every now and then let go when we dream. And then when we dream, because it shuts off a lot of that equipment that I was telling you about before that kind of kicks in even the, the reincarnation process, we drift. And then when we drift, we're actually in a different space. And that space is, by the way, it's also been mapped. And generally what we do for especially those who can't remember their dreams is that they go to the energy centers that is where the, let's say, the soul or the spirit eats. Mm-hmm. And where those centers are, are at the focal points of the ley lines. So there's like they have ley lines all around the world. Is It corresponds to the meridian system within the body. And then there's these meridian points. In most cases, it's downtown because all the, the Masonic work that's been done in most cities taps the main ley line. And they call that downtown because that's the center of the vortex. And generally, if you go downtown, you'll find some kind of monument, more, more than likely an obelisk, a fountain or something that has been put into that like a needle just like you would do with acupuncture in order to begin the whole resonance process and this is geomancy so in a certain tense a lot of people they just drift down the ley lines and then they get these crazy dreams or these crazy experiences because what what they're actually doing is they join this kind of collective pool with other spirits that are doing the same thing and they're just all on autopilot until mm-hmm. the lucid dreaming starts to t- come in and then you start realizing, well, wait a minute, am I dreaming? And then when you realize that, then you can actually snap out of that, that hive, that plane, and then start actually thrusting into another space. And then you start being able to pick up knowledge. Um, you know, the, the levels of what you can achieve in that is truly endless. You start to collapse that what would be lifetimes worth of courses into you know, light packages, if you may, just encrypted data about existence. And then you bring, you try to bring as much as you can of that back. And that's why when people wake up, they tend to, if they don't write their dream down right away, they tend to forget it. And this is because that information or where it's come from, first of all, it's already been translated. That's why we're even, oh, this was, I saw my mom and all that. It was none of that before they translated it. it. Those translations are like, us just trying to find the best correspondence to what we saw and then giving it a picture of face, words, et cetera. So that even that first translation is, is difficult to bring back and uh, to find authenticity. So this is kind of like, again, that big adventure that you have with yourself because you start to learn more about what this hyperdimensional vehicle is capable of doing. And I'll just tell people this just to conclude it. So you can imagine, you know, there's a lot of very complex devices. You know, you can watch mega structures, and and then uh, I think one of the series of mega structures with BBC, they they go into the Bugatti factory and they show you, you know, all this equipment and all this stuff, and it's just like, wow, you know, that level of precision is, you know, is incredible. You know, what are they capable yeah. of doing? But none of it even comes close at all to what the body is about. So we can already imagine that, you know, there's so many things out here now that function on a complex level that are robotic. 
and technology driven, but the body is on a whole nother level. So there's a lot of equipment, if you may, and a lot of things that it can do that really makes up only science fictions in our wildest dreams, literally. But we can really tap into it and start to really make heads and tails of it when it becomes important to us. And when it becomes important to our society, and I think that that's what I'm doing, that's what you're doing, is that it's pushing this more to the forefront of, hey, you know, they're a real resort of us finding happiness, finding health, finding regeneration, finding something to do, for Christ's sake, is just actually digging deeper into ourselves. And then, you know, I say I have to sometimes put a on my words for Christ's sakes and attempts to crisis kind of Kundalini and that you need to erase <laughs> that thing and, you know, get yourself activated because that's you, that's your stuff. And nobody's going to be able to take that away from you ever. Right. So yeah. in, in your experience, then it sounds like the doorway to really um, accessing a lot of this is, can be through lucid dreaming. And I think we touched on that before. So have you had, uh, you know, as you've advanced in your ability to navigate this dream space, have you been able to um, experience or, or view or witness or access uh, m- many of your past lives? Would you say, I mean, you have like a very full recollection of them? What What is that like? Well, well, I don't have, the interesting thing is I don't actually have recordings, if you may, of me on earth. Um, mm-hmm. What I saw was that I was on another world and my world blew up. Um, oh, wow. And that's, that's actually, um, and that was since I was younger, I had this dream, which can't even be considered a dream. It was so real. And I was actually an adult and I was driving down this freeway and everything was futuristic. Like, you know, the cars was super quiet. I think it was running on magnets and, uh, mm-hmm. and I was driving down the freeway and you could see the city in the distance. And uh-huh. then I felt this strange feeling and then I saw the whole city erupt and then wow. I just woke up here. So that's what I was saying about this we can jump through timelines because it's kind of like, you know, there's one guy, um, it's just teleportation. You know, you mm-hmm. will actually go into another space if you know how to do this. And I think it's all hardwired. And this is kind of part of the reincarnation process when it's not tampered with is that you'll just go right to where you're on another timeline and that hasn't happened yet. And then you maybe will work to prevent getting into that scenario by finding the spikes in your record that actually put you into the scenario to where you end up going into that kind of planetary system. And so what I do have though, uh, more than anything is that, you know, there should be at a certain point um, where your life in this world and your life in the dream kind of blur. <laughs> and that's, you know, kind of a strange thing. It's even something that you kind of have to take a break on after a while because it gets a little just too taxing and it tends to you just never sleep because you go to sleep and it's just like just as active as when you're awake. And um, so, yeah, you know, the, the dream world, it, it has a lot to really explore and a lot to offer. Um, but I do also practice to attempt to not allowing it to totally consume because it will, you know, because you, yeah. you're writing the story as you go. <laughs> so it's like at some point you're either behind it, you know, to where everything is happening and it's happening in front of you. It has meaning. You're right with it. That's being present to where everything is being created is is what you will and what you desire. Or you're in the future to where there's something that's already taken place and that you need to discover what's going on. And so this is like 
the difference in the time machine. Either you're going to the past, you're going to stay right. in the present, or you're going to go to the future. And it, and it has those kind of integers to it. And that's what makes it for some people a bit confusing. But again, the, the experience itself doesn't make it as confusing. So for sure, you want to um, at least work with lucid dreaming. You know, some of the pointers are using uh, earplugs, you know, just some of the soft ones. That way it doesn't really disturb you while you're asleep. So you can shut down one of the senses. Uh, the more you shut down senses, like when you close your eyes, a lot uh-huh. all of the energy that it takes for you to see gets delegated into other senses because you're not using your eyes. So if you close your yeah. ears, the same thing happens. And you'll be surprised right. how the stillness that you achieve when you're not hearing or seeing anything and you're doing that while you're asleep. So it's kind of like even when you wake up in the morning, it's different. And another thing is, you know, avoiding lights, especially LED lights, because when you can, when you really see them, especially with a third eye, they're like beams or like pins and needles. They really pierce through everything because of the the wavelength that they're on. So the more of you get of that kind of poking and piercing you and lights on the less that you can get the whole process of when the melatonin is released to the body, the second thing is, you know, working on working on directing the bed uh, to where your head is positioned, where the sun is coming up. Um, mm-hmm. But this also there's a little bit of feng shui to it. You also want to make sure that your bed is not right in front of the door. And people can find this kind of stuff on the Internet. You know, just look at feng shui in your bedroom. And uh, and if you're if you're really fortunate, you can even uh, map the magnetic line within where you live. And this is people who kind of live in nature and those kind of, uh, you know, those kind of compounds to where there's a river or there's some kind of underground stream. There's always something you can actually draw that that stream in, you can use hematite to do that. You can pull that line right into your, into your room. And then for those who are kind of in the city and they're, you know, they can't have that luxury, you know, grabbing one of those grounding blankets is a really mm-hmm. good idea because then it, it taps you in and it grounds you so that at least you kind of get rid of the static. Cause it's like literally a static electricity or somewhat of a free radical that goes on with the body when it's just moving all day and kind of dealing with the frazzle of reality, if you may. So this helps it, you know, just kind of like, it's like the grounding pad. And before you work on electronics, you touch this pad to de-static yourself. And this is right. kind of the same thing that you're doing, but in this tense, you're prepping yourself for lucid dreams. So those are some pointers, obviously not eating really late, you know, kind of eating at five at least, and then giving yourself at least three hours for the food to digest because the organs are what's really causing the process. The chakras begin to move and they help you in the transfer. Those are like the, the ships or the portals that you're trans- you're traveling through. But if they're booked up, cause, you know, because they're, uh, they're processing right. last night's dinner or the previous night's dinner or tonight's dinner, then they're not going to be able to give you the energetic potential that you need or it will alter even what you see. So, you know, that's just kind of like a crash course in lucid dreaming. You know, if you want to get in there, you know, want to get your feet wet, you know, and see, you know, exactly what can be done, which is anything. I mean, right. it's quite amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's definitely some great pointers. And, and speaking of pointers, you mentioned uh, Kundalini a little bit ago, and that's uh, mm-hmm. one that uh, the activation of Kundalini, of course, in the in the previous uh, podcast, we talked quite a bit about, uh, you know, activating the chakras and so forth. And of course, Kundalini or Kundalini is like um, uh, tied into that. Maybe you can speak a little bit uh, on that. Yeah, Kundalini is uh, is a... Uh an amazing force. I mean, Kundalini is a, it's sentient. So, you know, I've been tracking its origins. Well, I spent a lot of time tracking the origins of Kundalini. And it appears that, you know, there's some kind of ancient uh, motherly kind of being um, that's very powerful. It kind of just ties into 
the whole sentience of the entire reality. And the uh, wonder and we ended up communicating. I, I was in a band for eight years called Kundalini. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. The way you tracked me down. No. <laughs> yeah, the, the band of Kundalini. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And that, and that's honestly what it is. It's uh it's a band of light in every tense. Um, it's collective. It's what's running through us. And uh, it's also what causes a lot of synchronicities and, and causes a lot of same ideas. You know, I got everyone kind of argue like who I, whose idea it was because it just all came to us at the same time. And right. then, but Kundalini is, is also something that uh, needs to be matured within each individual. It's like each person has their own Kundalini. And that's kind of why, you know, some people have a Kundalini awakening and some people don't. And then even with, after the Kundalini awakening, the Kundalini has to then be uh, guided uh, further through the chakra center so that it has its own quest. So it's kind of like the mini game Mm -hmm. (laughs) going on, but it should be rather major. But within every person's body, there is Kundalini that is attempting to make its full ascension. And then also once it does to then come back down, which is the onk, the onk symbol. Um, mm-hmm. And I think in the pyramid text, it basically sums the whole thing up that uh, these commands were aware that we were to become an onk. And, uh, and that's what the destiny of every being here on the planet was. And so then everyone just tried to go and try to figure out, well, what did the onk really mean? And one of the, the symbols, uh, what it, one of the things it really meant besides, you know, a circle on a straight line, which gives you pretty much everything, was the ability to not just do the whole ascension thing, but also be aware of the descension process, which is something that you tend to not get too many people who want to participate in that class. But what it's really like is it's, it's like when you do get this calling or whatever, you get this awakening, you get all this information. Now it becomes like seeds that you must distribute into the soil again, not into the air. So because it's got to go into the soil, the secrets, if you may, or secretions, if you may, someone's got to take it there. So that's the actual process to where even when you're on on height, let's say, you've discovered, discovered that you are God and beyond that, you now must go back down to hell in a tense. Yeah, but right. it doesn't bother you. And this is kind of like the whole, again, crisis kundalini is the whole process of, you know, you go back down and you can go into hell in a tense, and this is just a lower vibratory frequency, and then you can begin to distribute the jewels and, you know, the seeds, and you're just kind of like the one in there under disguise, if you may, because, you know, it's like, yeah, that's how it works. And so that's that's a part of the major process with Kundalini is it's a very sentient, it's very also, um, I won't say dangerous, but what I'll say is, is that because when every time the Kundalini moves into a different space, it has another challenge and mm-hmm. it's always diametrically opposed to the previous challenge. So in one tense, it could be to love. And then some people could spend their whole life in that lesson and trying to figure out how to really love someone. And, but if they make it through that chakra, the next could be how to have courage. Yeah. And that's kind of like another lesson. And so how they, drew it, especially in the Eastern traditions, is that each chakra had this kind of like being. And it's always like, you know, this teeth. And you know, mm-hmm. they just show it in the craziest way because it becomes this next opponent, if you may, that you yeah. need to get through in order to get Kundalini to progress into the next stage. And so I've definitely uh you know, behold, we saw the ladder going up and down is actually what it means. Uh, that that traditional text itself means that 
it, this is not just about ascension. The actual ladder goes down too. So once you get right. up there, you need to also learn how to get down. Right, right. And it's a, it's yeah. also uh, dormant uh, in most people uh, are considered to be dormant at the base of the spine, right? And then if you raise, mm-hmm. actually activate it and raise it up the spine through the chakras and it kind of, actually the um, medical symbols derived from Kind of a, yeah. a pictogram Caldacious. of the Kundalini. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. the, the well, snakes or the, the energy. Caldacious is a is a, is a complete symbol of the whole body, right? Uh, with the two Kundalini channels and then the spine, because those two snakes are actually known as zigzag, and those are basically going uh, the energy the zigzag way up the tree instead of the straight and narrow path, which many yeah. of us have choose to go the zigzag that's like bad good and you know i'm going to do this and i'm going to do that and i believe this is right and i I don't believe this is right and that's kind of zigzagging because it has nothing to do with hey the straight and narrow way and yeah i mean i I just find it to be quite a quest to deal with kundalini and and one of the things that people should know is that the reason why kundalini is actually in the cossacks of the spine which is really a fused bone Mm -hmm. is through the pain and fear just like, you know, someone scares you, you draw back. Yeah. So the Kundalini is actually underneath layers of strata because the, the Cossacks is our tail. And mm-hmm. etymology, of course, that's our story. And most people don't know their story until they wake Kundalini. And yeah. to wake Kundalini, they have to kind of push up, push through all of this strata, fear, you know, and all the stuff that's built on top of it in order to get it to at least go into its first chakra, which happens to be hell in, in the tense yeah. of the chakras, the root chakra and the fiery and bile and all that. Right. And so this is why also, uh, you know, there's few Kundalini awakenings because it has a lot to do with confronting those fears and, you know, stirring up stuff that people would just as soon as not. And yeah. uh, so obviously this is a real time experience and, uh, and it's <laughs> something very serious. So, you know, when it has that kind of, thing going on with it you know some choose to especially in this kind of world where a lot of things are just fabricated and you know no one wants to experience the pain and people want to turn away from their own selves so it's more in trend to not disturb kundalini (laughs) let let the serpent lie sleeping (laughs) right (laughs) and also the wisdom (laughs) yeah exactly exactly because that's that's what's at the top of the the medical symbol is the wings right representing enlightenment or yeah so, yeah, and, um, and this is also the the snake is the electric force, as in L, mm-hmm. it hisses and spits, and then the mm-hmm. magnetic force is the is the bird, and uh-huh. and in evolution, snakes become birds. I mean, we figured yeah, that yeah, out yeah. already. But uh, right. the wing, the scales become wings, and this is the actual real process. Just like the Tyrannosaurus's closest cousin is the chicken. Yeah. So for all of that terrorizing. You become a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then you get eaten by, by mammals. Right. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> it goes around, comes around. And it's really like that. You know, it's something it's like, they call that divine comedy. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you, you made a comment on the last podcast that I wanted to ask you a little bit more about. You said... You know, we talked a little about reincarnation and and we've talked a little bit about the origin of, of God and other entities, gods and other entities. You, you made the comment that the oversoul is next for us. Can you elaborate on that one? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, if it all goes right, <laughs> or, or uh, actually if it goes wood. right and left, and then yeah. finally you figured out <laughs> that, that it needs to stay, you know, in, in balance, then obviously the ne- there's another level up. And the next level up is an oversole. And, and what an oversole is like what you see going on in nature that, you know, they're like breath, okay? Breath, many animals, insects, good people, bad people, whatever, have to breathe breath. Breath is an oversoul. Mm-hmm. Breath is closer to what we would have as a, any kind of idea of God, a real God, because it's not asking you any questions like, oh, please breathe, please breathe. Uh-huh. And if you breathe, then you'll get life. Or if you do something bad, then you don't, you won't breathe. It's, it's like, it's none of those kind of dynamics. If you choose not to breathe, we'll be hollering at you because yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't have that kind of thing to it. And that's why they say, you know, those are real uh, uh, supreme beings is that they, there's no option. Light is a supreme being. Like you don't take in light. We'll be seeing you later. Like we're even taking in light from the stars because it's going right through the pores of our house. And, you know, if you go deep, deep, deep in the earth to where a lot of light is not affecting you, even far infrared, you'll die really fast. So it's like, there's all these real elements, not the characters in these stories. Um, but there's these real elements that, that we need. And, uh, and so that's, that's a big part of this is, is to begin to realize that there's these other fuels that we have to get, enough of and to start getting more familiar with in order to really transcend ourselves into this next stage of our consciousness. And that is an oversoul because the food, if you may, for an oversoul, it doesn't involve matter and mass. There's no more living in the pranayama. There's no more the karma from eating and consuming. There's only this unlimited force that you can tap into and so, yeah, that, that, that's what this is really about is, uh, is identifying that procedure for yourself so that way you can go into your oversoul form. And then in that tense, and many of us are doing it now, they say, say if, you're, if you multitask a lot, you're getting prepared to go full on into your oversoul because that's like the preliminaries is to begin to understand how to operate several things at one time and it not just totally melt you down because, yeah. and, and, and that's what we're dealing with. And it's also not so much as a thought thing. Many people can do that in Zen. And in fact, in Zen, you can generally do a, a lot more and have less, you know, static with trying to do it. So that's what it's about is that next stage for us is definitely an over. So it's one uh, more level up. Actually, I think there's I think there's one like preliminary level in between. So don't mm-hmm. uh, don't hold me to it. But Oversoul is somewhat up there, and it's just getting you more familiar with the process of being a planet mm-hmm. versus something that's wow. on a planet. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, one of the first books that I ever read uh, many many years ago. My sort of um, launch launching pad into this whole world of you know, spirituality and, and experience beyond the five senses we're taught or all there is, you know, uh, in traditional Western society um, was having, uh, I read a book called The Psychic Explorer. And it was, you know, I've never seen it before or since. I don't think it was even that popular of a book, but it was all about having out-of-body experiences and how to induce them and uh, astral projection and out-of-body experience. And then at the end of the book, there was channelings from 
um, the the individual that wrote the book had channeled like the spirit of the earth and the spirit of our sun and the spirit of the galaxy and the and it's all these different channelings and it was just that the reading of it was so fascinating to hear the perspective of the earth you know talking about uh, you know, what it's like to be a being with all these other beings playing out their own, uh, you know, karma and evolving within, within it, you know, and, and how yeah. we're, it, it, in a sense as a being like ourselves at one time was where we are and has advanced to become a planetary entity. And, um, you know, and then of course it was very interesting how it also talked about, uh, the the earth being the the uh planet in this particular system that in one sense is last it's held up a progression that's happening on a uh, i guess an evolution that's happening on a cosmic scale uh but in another sense it's first it, it, i remember distinctly talking about the greater one toils for their freedom the greater the sense of freedom that is attained and that is sort of the story of the earth with this unique experience and all these souls on it whereas maybe the the spirit of saturn isn't playing out like that right and uh so it yeah. was a, just a very interesting it's always stuck with me all these years because it was just such an interesting perspective so when you when you commented there, I instantly think of that, those channelings, all those many, many years ago that I read. And, uh, you know, that yeah, idea I mean, of like, basically, this is what's coming for you. This is what you're you're getting prepared for is to become, you know, a yeah. planetary being and, and a stellar being. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's a real thing. You know, it's like sometimes, again, you know, the society has just got such a broadcasting frequency of illusion that, you know, where it's like, okay, become a planet. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And basically, nobody knows what's going to happen next. And Would so it that be any weirder than phase, waking but... up as a human? You know, <laughs> right? Would it be and, any which weirder is a, than a this? planet in, in itself? You have the right. equipment, so I mean, the same amount of water on the planet, same amount of water in the body, and there's tons of organisms living inside of our bodies right now, and yeah. you're, we're just totally unaware of them. So you know, it's about keeping that balance even within our body. And, and that's yeah. all a part of the preparatory process. Like the more that we become aware of those kind of things, it's not like, okay, this is, and I, and I guess this is a good, the good thing to mention. It's not even about, oh, this is what you're going to later on become. It's about, you could become that now when you're ready and you yeah. can start on, you know, the microcosmic version of the same thing. Yep. And it's becoming more of like that, that integrated controller of your own system, which we just say, you know, the master of self. That's yeah, the, well, they the talk master about of the universe. <laughs> yeah, they talk about these bacteria. You know, I've just seen things even in recent years where they're they're realizing these bacteria that live in our gut are actually helping influencing our the way we think and the decisions that we make. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, these entities are living within our system. We're the planet in a sense, and it's even having influence over what we do and things like that. There's this uh, connection that pe people, you know, that's, that's science that's happening, you know, and people don't yeah. really realize you're made up of these smaller beings, you know, these cells have their own consciousness and their own awareness and, it's yeah. uh, it's really fascinating when you start scaling that the opposite direction to the cosmos and you know the the concept of becoming you know uh, of course every being having a spirit which animates it even inanimate objects right. like you've talked about right so if there's a, yeah. a a planet there's a spirit which animates that planet if there's you know and it's just it is really a, a fascinating. Uh, fascinating road that we have chosen to walk down and we're at such an interesting place you know and in, I, just to reference that channeling even a little more i'm kind of it's coming back to me a little bit as i talk about it i remember it talking about the planet of the, the spirit of the earth and it talking about 
um, you know, how in a sense Earth has held up uh, the evolution the the joint evolution of the of the system itself, the, our solar system, and and the, and then the surrounding system, we're we're in a sense this very important piece, the the Earth, and uh, it it's saying you know I won't be held up any longer. I've toiled long enough in these lower realms. We're going somewhere. We're and as as the spirit of the Earth is having taking these big leaps in its own evolution, of course that's reflected down in our own personal uh, you know evolution that certainly appears to be happening, you know, a spiritual awakening or revolution that seems to be happening with more and more people coming online and becoming aware of their, you know, their divinity, their higher self and their innate power that they've had amnesia about, right? Yeah, for sure. And I, I you know, it because of time is like a smear in that tense. I just, I try to get up to the point of where it's all being emitted from. Uh, right. Because, you know, there's just earth across the whole timeline, and so we figure out that, you know, we can even go further into the future in our own being to where everything is being emitted from. So you're just kind of you're closer to the source, if you may, yeah. you know, and uh, why some may be way out there on Pluto. So it's right. just, you know, getting drawing close to the source until eventually you fly into it. Right. You do a total right. merger. Yeah. And then, you know, you keep pushing from there. So and then and, and we know that, you know, things are staged to get very amazing because because of the small percentage of people that are actually aware of this and practicing this in their everyday life. So we can definitely say that, okay, well, yeah, then we just really yet to really get started on the whole progress. So there's something to look forward to then. Like I could always be seen by many people as a negative thing, like, oh my goodness, you know, there's so many unawake people around us and blah, blah. But that just means that the party is not started yet in my book. Right. And, uh, right. and it's about to, and then when it does, then it's not one that really ends. So it ends up having this, um, you know, this amazing, beautiful story, you know, of yeah. us all finally figuring out our true origins and the joy that actually comes with that. Yeah. What would be your, you know, someone listening to this who is this information is, let's say, relatively new to and probably somewhat overwhelming as well. What would be your first what would be a piece of advice like, you know, stepping on the path, taking, you know, the 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 journey of a of a thousand miles begins with one step. What would be one of the first things that you would recommend people doing to want? And of course, there's so many people who want to have these sort of experiences where they're tapping into more knowledge and information and, and bringing that information back to apply into their lives and share with those around them as you know, you're doing. Um, what, how would you recommend through breathing techniques, through using maybe a, a substance like DMT through what, what would be your, uh, your recommendations? Well, I always say that, you know, the first thing should be to cleanse. Like if, if, if I oh, could, you do mentioned it, that before, actually, I think we did talk about this a little bit. <laughs> you know, you've talked about, we talked about it a little bit, but yeah, if I, if I could do it, if I said, okay, well, what is the proper way to do it? Because many of us don't come in that way. Like, I mean, you don't know anything about cleansing most of the time before you have this, you know, uh, Kundalini awakening or whatever, but a lot of the different things that happen during that time, which kind of lead to sometimes Kundalini syndrome, which is well known to be uh, something that can really damper a person's spiritual progress. It really comes from a lot of those toxins in the body and those frequencies like candida and uh, and things that are very dominant in the, in the whole spectrum, throwing yeah. the person off balance when they have this energy coursing yeah. through their consciousness. And so yeah. if you could really clean yourself out, it's also, it, it promotes uh, a great experience because there's obviously ways to induce experiences, but to, <clears throat> 
to make sure that you have the best one. Mm. I won't even use a term like best to make sure you have the one that's going to be the most influential to your progress and the easiest ride. <laughs> Maybe <Yeah. laughs> none, none, there's no easy setting yeah, on this. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a, a climb uphill. So definitely uh, get yourself ready. Get yourself yeah, yeah. ready. But uh, yeah, so you know, just going Put through on the your because it makes. You're exactly <laughs> and your cleats and everything else, you know, you think, but you're all terrain on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's because it, what happens is, is that when you do remove that stuff, it allows your body to vibrate. Yeah. And then this connects you into the synchronicities a lot more better. It, and everything becomes more keen and a lot more, you become more keen and everything becomes a lot more clear. And yeah. then from there, I've never seen anyone that really wanted to grow and expand and ascend, you know, and we're serious about that, that didn't get it. Yeah. Like I, and this, in this last seven, seven, I don't care what their story was, if they didn't have any money and, you know, they had these horrible parents and, you know, whatever the story was, the moment that they really made that decision in their consciousness, then because it's so strong, this collective yeah, in, in this invisible, these are your companions on the path, if you may. Yeah. That, it will swoop thing it will swoop you up and get and put it right in front of your face right when you need uh need it and it's just about taking that initiative because it's not about someone doing this for you and that's why we let this whole religion thing go you know waiting on somebody it's about you making the proper actions not just thoughts because yeah. thoughts don't have much weight where you yeah. know where you're going so right. making the actual actions to do something. And one of the best actions is actually the cleanse because it starts to put the body in check um, because that's the that's the great wild beast. Like that's the one that you actually have to confront first. Now, this uh, beast, it has a pros and cons. The con of it is it's a beast. The pro of it is it's strong because beasts are strong. So we spent how many years putting power into this this most of our power into this physical vessel and it's not just physical it crosses into other things some people just look at the physical body like it's just a physical body but it all blur it all connects together it's mind body soul so when, when you go at the the body a lot of the what the gunads which are actually the lower area of the body it just like i said before it kind of sounds like the goons what mm-hmm. they've been up to which part of their part of their job is to first take you out of the crown chakra Mm-hmm. plunder your kingdom, send you down through the chakras, tumbling down the chakras until you slam down into the Cossacks and then the door is shut. And then the gunads then run the body. And that's the body that's run by basically suggestions from the lower areas versus yeah. when you're in the crown, the gunads could say they want something. This is the desires in the world could say, well, you know, I want to go do this, but it's still wholly up to you to make the choice because you're sitting on the crown. You're sitting right in the center. So that's the thing that has to happen first is that you have to kind of, you know, wrestle yourself back. And this is why a lot of the stories that are tied into this in the spiritual stories, they incorporate these different characters like the devil and, and all this is just different parts of the body that actually, especially in, in the organs and the chakra system, that have taken dominance over all the other systems. And instead of there being a balance and a harmony, there's basically a total there's a totalitarian communist running the entire body. <laughs> and then what you have to do is summon the courage, break out of the Cossacks with the only thing that's gonna really be able to back this thing down, which is Kundalini. 
Mm-hmm. That's why they show Kundalini as, you know, Kundalini sometimes comes across as bedecked with skulls and not necessarily this user-friendly kind of being because <laughs> right, right. most of the time it has to come through and do all this dirty work and back down real demons, you know, basically in demons in this tensor divided, the divided mind. Yeah. And, and that's actually where the word, even the diamond, all these words come from a dualistic kind of state to where you need to get some kind of mediator going on. Yeah. So this is what I'll say is that. So when you start going on this fast, let's say, because that's a part of the cleansing. Is that what you would recommend like as, a, as a fast? Ah, yeah, man, because it just really lets you see what you're made of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, how many days you can go in. But, you know, the more that you win these battles, because you're not going to die, it's not going to hurt. And then, you know, you you start to really run away. See, because what happens, you know, if people want to know the truth of this, there's actually more things around the average person than just their own stuff. Yeah. They pick up a lot of things like Velcro and hair. You know, like it just picks you pick up a lot of things off other people. So you get these what I call riders and Mm -hmm. they could be around for various different reasons and various different arrangements. But what happens is, is that these are like they're all for the fun of it. So the moment that there's no fun, they leave. And part of that no fun is not eating, especially certain things, and and not just feeding so much of that side of the body to where it's just like pleasure, pleasure, just like a rat with a pleasure, mouse with a pleasure button. When you stop that for a minute, then they're like, okay, he's or she's not fun anymore. And it's Mm -hmm. literally like that. They just they will go and find something else. Now they'll come back, but and then this is kind of like the seven times seven demon thing that was mentioned in the Bible, but they'll come back, but you will hopefully be stronger. And yeah. so what I do is I play this game. Like I've set it up instead of it being so like, because you don't want to make this your worst enemy. Like you don't want to get into this stuff so much to where you just feel like you're losing the battles and you're crying. And, you know, you really want to, when I learned from someone, they said, you know, you don't want to get crazy about this. Just remember, yeah. you, it could become your worst enemy. You just right. you want to practice discretion with what you're doing. So anything that I'm saying to people, just don't go crazy on yourself. But Keep it light first it and foremost and <laughs> yeah. don't take things too yeah, seriously. I mean, ter- terrain modification, we call it. There's a process, six months if you may, to change your body over, begin to change DNA completely. But, you know, to do it cold turkey is, you know, you can put yourself through shock. But some people need to do that though like it depends yeah. on how crazy the situation is and how big the breakthrough that you need while others have the, yeah. the luxury to kind of space it out so it's just all about your specific life but we're giving you both of the options but again the thing is is to really start to feed the body the things that it really needs and again we talk about that in the university you need to understand your fuels like there's different fuels here. There's meat, there's air, you know, different, they do different things. They feed different things. And the more you push it, some, you push your fuel into the thing that you need to balance that needs to gain balance again, then the more stronger it's going to get. And so that's when it becomes like this whole, you know, you become the alchemist, basically you're the alchemist of your body and then you're mixing the formula and you, you're now aware because let's just, let's just be clear here. No, if you're doing something and it's really, you know, damaging you, you know it. Now, whether you can stop doing it or whether you think you should or whatever, that doesn't make that's a whole nother thing. But we have this consciousness about ourselves. Uh, Most of us (laughs) that we know when, okay, this is just killing me. It's not it's not it's not great for me. I may not be able to stop it, but I know what it is. Yeah. So the thing is, is that setting it up in our minds and what I did was personally, I used to 
you know, I, I have these conversations with myself. I mean, remember, it's just you. It's about you fixing this. So I would literally go into my own consciousness and and set it up like a whole thing that I needed to overcome and even a game that I was playing with myself. And I found that when I started doing that, I was able to overcome. But when I started putting into the biblical context and like, you know, you don't do this, you're going to die, you're going to perish. You know, that's a punishment based system. So we've already seen through history and even through the school curriculums and everything that when you have a punishment based system rather than a reward based system, the body and the mind, the soul reacts entirely different way. So people should understand you're doing this because there are real powers. Like you're, you're talking to a person that even though I can't show them to you on the phone that broke through completely many different barriers and found that there was this amazing power and ability that we have. So that's the best that I can do is tell you that it is there. You will not be disappointed. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, with the re- punishment based system, there's like all the rewards are supposed to come after you die. And that just, <laughs> that kills it for most people, literally, because they're like, you know what, I need to live in the now and, have yeah. a, you know, have a great time, have fun. But what this is about is this is about when you start doing this, especially now, because there is something about the vault and this is like the, the position of the stars, et cetera. And, and how close we're drawing into this whole grand awakening to where a lot more of the progress that's necessary and the abilities that come with that and the energetic potential that's needed is it's here. So this is really, I mean, that's why you see so many people waking up to it. This, if there's a time to, to wake up and to get into it, it's now. And there's yeah. no use at all in beating yourself up in the, about the past and why you weren't doing it then because right. of just solving it up to what I was saying earlier about that. You wait until the perfect time to walk in on your own life <laughs> and to yeah. become aware. And, the, and you'll know that because you'll be like, man, I don't know what I was doing like five years ago. I don't even, you'd, you'd hardly even recognize that person uh, or being as you begin to make these quantum leaps. Yeah. Yeah. Everything happens in its season. And I think that's a big issue that a lot of people I actually talked about on uh, podcast very, very recently where, you know, it's a big thing with people is beating themselves up about what they have or haven't done. We're all our worst own worst critics. And I think that's a really important thing that you threw out there is like, Hey, it's okay wherever you've been or and, and when the time's right, you'll know it and you'll really be motivated. If you really want to lose the weight, you're going to put down the cheeseburger. If you really want to, you know, experience more and tap into more of your potential, you're going to do what it takes. So, uh, yeah. And then also yeah. realizing that the whole structure of MK ultra, when you really understand it and you, you know, you have all the documents and the symbols and all that stuff, which we've, come across and gone through the whole design is to demoralize the person it's to create when you say mk ultra this, you're talking referring to the uh government uh that's the division in the government yeah, i'm, I'm uh, talking about the, i'm talking about the whole mind control structure wealth yep. shown Crete, what was taken from prussia and put into the american school system you know we we detailed this heavy in a um in one of the courses, but you know, when you really start digging into it and digging, 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 and you finally get to the documents, what you find is that the core of it is to demoralize the person by creating something that polices them. That's inside of their own consciousness and mind that constantly demotes them and degrades them. And that's why a large part of that is the religious structure, because that's where a lot of that comes from with people is, you know, the old wretch, and, you know, all, all the different terminology that's used to debase 
what is a God, <laughs> you know, and it's that in its purest extent. But if we take suggestion through these systems that are designed to basically push everyone down, except for those who created the system, then that's a major part of it is the continuous chatter that goes on in the mind from something that's literally telling you that you're not enough. You're never going to be able to achieve this. This is all yeah. a lie. And this thing yep. never stops. And we call it actually the whisperer because yeah. I was able to identify even within a cult text to what they used to call it back in the day. And it was known as yeah. the dweller at the threshold. And this yeah. meant basically the last being that you face at the gate of your own consciousness when that's the gate that you need to pass through to get into the full awareness of yourself. But before you can get through, there's a dwe- the dweller. And they yeah. even have drawings to where you see the dweller position someone in the center of the maze, like the Minotaur. And then you're mm-hmm. having to deal with this every time you're trying to have this breakthrough. Some people experience that in a meditation where there's literally this fear and it keeps their vibration from going high. So it's really a real thing. But what yeah. perpetuates that is many of the mind control systems and things that have been embedded in the reality. And sometimes to nullify it, all one has to do is just be aware of it. Yeah. And understand that that's a part, that's not you. You wouldn't even talk to yourself like that. You wouldn't, you know, yeah. you wouldn't even do that to yourself. You would want to see the best for yourself. And then they, when you start instilling yourself with that, like a mantra, then you mm-hmm. can, as I say, steal your mind back, you mm-hmm. know, from it and then steal your mind, meaning to make it, calm and firm so that way you could stay on one thing because you know there could be a lot of going back and forth and then you know and you're you're off now you're you're ready to to really experience true self right right and when you reference mk ultra and you know powers that be of course kind of designed to keep you down which of course i believe is part of the the journey right they're playing their role that they're meant to play uh, which gives you the opportunity to have the experience of overcoming all of that, right? And and sort of the hero's journey kind of thing. It it makes me think of one one question that I'd be curious to ask you, and it's one that I'm very intrigued by. Of course, is the concept of us being uh, visited by extraterrestrial, physical extraterrestrial entities. Curious what your thoughts are on that. Well, that's a good question because a lot of people have been trying to get me to do a whole show about that because <laughs> they're like, man, you need to talk about the extraterrestrials because they know I know, but I, I never really centralize a lot of stuff <laughs> that I uh, talk about on that because I just, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time encouraging people to find that power within. But uh, just to, you know, sum it up, obviously, um, well, the first thing everyone should know is that a lot of the, uh, well, all of the entities that you see here on the planet have their own planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they are prime on their planet. Why earth, you know, we play prime in this role that we're mm-hmm. in. Like we, like we know King of beast and blah, blah, but there's a planet for Beatles and you go there and you're going to experience kind of what it's like to not be prime. So that's right. the first thing is to, so you to understand that there are other consciousness, vast intellects that also operate on hives that do have, have inhabit entire planetary systems. And we dip in and out of their frequency in a way like what we see ants and beetles dip in and out of our frequency. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that the entire concept of what we deal with now in the modern times, which is a, again, a, a big part of that uh, mind control structure of the, the entity itself known as AWAS, which is actually Yahweh, which is um, mm-hmm. what we get as a, a gray was mm-hmm. 
what was encased inside of the Great Pyramid and was released by Osar Seth, who is who we're calling Moses, when mm-hmm. supposedly he plundered, uh, as you'll see in the spiritual text, Egypt for what was most valuable and then took what was known as the Ark of the Covenant. And this Ark right. of the Covenant was actually um, an agreement. And this is why we're facing so much now in the reality, because those who've made that agreement are having a hard time dealing with it. And this is why this entity, the, uh, which has been given many names over time, but it was actually encased in, see what the pyramid is. And I have to, you know, this is a tough subject here because it's a real thing. So, you know, mm-hmm. I have to be very accurate. But what the pyramid is, is it's basically, it has a zero point field. It's configured to have a zero point field. And what a zero point field is, is like outside of time. Mm-hmm. So anything that gets into a zero point field can't affect anything that's in time. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of how we had, or our ancestors had kind of kept us protected, if you may, from the dweller and from Awas and from all of the, what embodies real darkness of what we'll say is not nothing to do with prima materia, nothing to do with negative on a battery pole. We're talking about pure evil in every single context. Uh, one mm-hmm. that wants to divide and destroy. As it says, I came here to turn mothers against daughters, sons against fathers. This is the, the intellect that you're dealing with. Wow. So this particular entity was, you know, put into, it's kind of like watching an old He-Man film or <laughs> old, uh, <laughs> uh, there was one cartoon where you can even see them do it. This is how much there's a, there's real knowledge in the undercurrent, especially of Hollywood, because they're heavily involved in understanding this entity and knowing what it's about and what it demands. So basically they're over their head and <laughs> who they are is not the Jewish people, but the people who are ruling the Jewish people. And this is why they're caught up into this whole idea. And this is why you're seeing all these wars now, because they have an idea of greater Israel. They have this idea that they're going to rule the planet. They have this idea and they've been given all these promises. And in order for them to to fulfill these promises, as they say, the promised land is they must serve this entity and do its bidding. And so, and this is the alien everyone is dealing with now because alien is in, it's foreign to us. Mm-hmm. It's not like us versus there are other beings that you can classify as being extraterrestrial because they don't have two arms, two legs and a head, but that are very much akin to what we are as beings that are full of compassion, have mm-hmm. love and have, you know, aspect of being closer together. We have, we're like family. You see, right. we may not look per se the same in physicality, same but we come inside. from exactly yeah. versus Awas, which is known as the child, has a different kind of story. It's it's when you get into the the, the archonic stories. It wasn't born in a, a womb, so it's somewhat uh-huh. artificial. And you know, I, I dig for years at tracking the dweller, uh, you know, just as a side mission. Uh-huh. And what I've come to understand is, is that it was an eidolon, that it, it never actually existed as a real being. It was actually something that we created and pushed power into. Wow. And the more that we pushed power into it, it became animate. Wow. And this is why, it, you know, in these texts, and they read out like some of the greatest quest stories, they say that basically this was going to be the greatest challenge ever to mankind because 
we can't use the same powers that we use in the past to defeat it. Because, Mm -hmm. see, all of the other, let's say, kind of malevolent forces, there was something to thwart them. And you can see that in the in the text of Solomon that every within every bad demon, there was an angel that would balance it out. And this is kind of yeah. like the same thing with the body. There's a positive and negative side of the body. And so they cancel each other out. But with eidolons, which are ideas that are consecrated and formed and that are artificial to remove that kind of parasite, because that's what it is. It's a parasite in the consciousness. It takes the person to be able to go in their own consciousness and do it. No one else can actually do it for you. Right. And so we are on a planet with a group of people who have become infested by this parasite. Yeah. Even from the time that they train their children to be infested by this parasite. And right. to a point where they can't see outside of this box. Because yeah. that's literally the geometry is a dark box. And... And that's that's the story. So what I feel like, you know, is again, the side mission is that one has like I personally had to deal with it inside of my own consciousness. And it comes through a lot of religious systems, like especially if you went deep into religious systems, you will like often be interfacing with this being and it will be in your mind as as God. And the only and few make it out. <laughs> like, trust me, like I barely made it out in the tents to realizing that, hey, this is not me. This is something else because I wouldn't do any of this. Like, I'm not jealous. I wouldn't kill other people. I wouldn't kill the firstborn of anybody's race. I wouldn't do any of this. And this is a part of kind of detaching from it. And remember, there's millions of people hooked into this. So it may not be an issue for us per se, but this is what's really governing the energy on the planet. And it's an alien in wow. every tense. So that's that's what you're dealing with. Now, there's, of course, a lot of other life forms, mm-hmm. uh, especially as you go up through the octaves. And uh, and they're quite vast because I, I, I had a show about this in specific just to explain, you know, what is the process when you're coming out of the body and what levels do you reach? So, you know, if someone wants to look back into that, they can. I, you know, maybe can source at least the, the name to you and you maybe can share it with people later because I have to find it. But it was a rather recent show. But it's just, again, you know, you have to begin to identify these different spaces and what actually inhabits those spaces. And then the more you get closer to the source, you, it's like a force merger in a sense yeah. that every being that you get you deal with when you're going in the proper direction is just explaining to you, hey, we're all one. Like all of that whole identity thing that's yeah. got to go that, you know, this ego thing has got to go. And the reason why is because it's taking power away from you. Like you're you're dividing yourself. So your power is divided. Now you're just like mini man yeah. versus if you guys all came together, you would be like magnificent yeah. and you yeah. all you guys would all be linked. And so and this is what these macro which is a term that they're given large, vast life forms. They're more familiar with doing that and experiencing themselves as everything, i.e. or getting closer and closer to the oversoul yeah. versus the way towards AWAS, which is what Eliester Crowley bought through. Like, remember, these people did massive chaos rituals. Eliester Crowley was influential in creating Hollywood. People don't uh, know a lot about that. And, and, and a lot of this knowledge that they took, they took from the tantric uh, mysteries that came from the Eastern traditions uh, which Paschal Bishop Randolph actually was one of the people who was very influential in bringing the information for positive use, which was sex magic and how to use the energy of orgone or orgasms. And then that knowledge became corrupted by Blavatsky, uh, who had on her left and right 
uh, Eliester Crowley and McGregor Mathers. And McGregor, Eliester Crowley and McGregor Mathers are like watching uh, Harry Potter of the <laughs> darkest magicians in this <laughs> fight against each other to who could create um, the most evil. And unfortunately, uh, Eliester Crowley won because in, in McGregor Mathers' tense was, and this is getting a little bit to, into another story, so I'll cap it, but yeah. McGregor Mathers was attempting to find knowledge about spirituality and connection with spirituality and how to talk to spirits. Eliester uh, <laughs> Crowley didn't actually have any real talent. He had more of the the dark mind to you know just make something evil happen. So when McGregor Mathers wrote this book, and it's called the the key to Solomon, which is mm-hmm. what you see the Da Vinci Code and all that stuff is made off around that book. He translated some talismans that he basically got into the hands of the wrong people. Just to sum it all up, then they opened up this cult of theirs that basically did what they want. That's why the whole of the law of them, for them is to do what they want. Yeah. And this leaves the body prone to lots of things because there's no real check system. There's no order. And, uh, and so it, and it's grown ever since. And, and it's connected directly into, you know, this Ark of the Covenant, even the Kaaba, if people really understand its true origins, that stone that's in the Kaaba, which is not there anymore. And some stuff that really makes up, you know, some of the deepest books that you could ever really pull. And, uh, and I think just like you said in the beginning, it makes things so much more because where there's darkness, there will be light. Never will they be absent from one another. So when you see all of that going on, you, for me, I see also this infinite repository of, of uh, the opposite energy that hasn't been tapped yet. Right. So it's like you got, you know, right now the whole world, I mean, you can see it everywhere. They're all stuck into this one specific system. And that system came from the OTO. It's like even money and all those concepts of where it's gone now with what's on the dollar bill and the how and all that comes from one specific source. And any occultist knows that. But then there's this other side of the story (laughs) that few even are aware of to what was the whole story. Yeah. And I'll conclude it with this, that Awas's problem was that he didn't have a mother. Uh And that's why they call him the child. And so if you can imagine a child growing up with no mother, and then the other thing was, is Awas was created from a word. Mm -hmm. This Awas is known also as Yadabeo in Yahweh. In the beginning was this word, and that word created the being. So because this being didn't know where it came from because it came from a word, it became confused. So sometimes we have to like play out these stories like, well, what happens if you don't even know where you come from? You don't even have a mother. What's that going to look like thousands of years later as an immortal? Yeah. And what you find in reality is many people suffer from the same thing. So it's not just, you know, we, we, we try not to be, um, narrow-minded about these kind of topics. We try to be very broad in understanding it. And what it really says is that everyone has a little bit of that in them. Yeah. And when you put all of that, put it all together, like everyone's, you know, somebody's, you know, people have been abused. We've been abused before. We've experienced all these different things that where does that energy go? Where does it come from? And that's the embodiment of it. That's the receptacle, if you may. And so what it will take is it will take compassion. Love is different. 
Love yeah. comes with hate. You got to really understand love and what it really equals and where the word comes from. It's Jovian. So, yeah. but compassion is something entirely different. It's like what our mother is because right. a child could be retarded. A child could be deformed. A child could be sick. A child could defecate all over the place, but the mother will come and with compassion, clean it all up. Yeah. You see, versus love is kind of like, if you, you know you don't feel like it, love may dissipate at that point and you may not choose to do it. So there's yeah. just two, love is like, you know, you it's, it needs to be appeased, like for, you need to do something for me to love you. Right. Versus compassion is all you need to be is who you are. Interesting. And, and I have compassion for you and that's the mother energy. Yeah. So I sum this all up in, in, in uh, and there's one lady, her name is Shannon Doherty, I believe. And uh, she tells a story, very beautiful, very older lady, but she talks about the jackal, Mm -hmm. which is a was. Leia or Layla, which is the mother. And and there's one more character. I'm surprised I forgot about it, but it pretty much sums up the entire idea of aliens, extraterrestrials, but what that really is within our consciousness and how it exists on our planet. So I welcome anyone to check that out. The lady that actually wrote the book uh, that really goes through the whole story about the Nomo, the Dogon, and the real aliens. Uh, The lady's name is Shannon Dory. That's D-O-R-E-Y. And... uh, one of her books that she wrote, just in case you can't find her by name, is Day of the Fish. She's got three books. Okay. Uh, one is called also The Master of Speech. And they're just really great to go through to sum up the whole Earth saga story so you can move on with who you are. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, thank you yeah. for sharing. That's definitely sounds like uh, for anyone out there who wants to dig deeper into this uh, incredibly fascinating issue, uh, they can check it out. Yeah, for sure. Lots of healing there. So that's yeah. what's up. That's what's up with the aliens and, and you know, that's how it's affecting us. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, that's as you said, that's a, that's a whole rabbit hole that uh, probably can yeah. go on and on and on. So where's the best place? Well, that's place? why it does with the, <laughs> with the yeah. whole alien thing. It gets everyone way out there on Zeta Reticuli. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the best place, Savan, I, I, obviously we could go on all night, but I know you have things that you need to, you need to get to. And, it, you know, I know I could probably sit here until I actually fast and don't even know it by asking question after question. But if people <laughs> want to dig in more to get more wisdom and hear more of what you have to say the best place is through secretenergy.com am i correct and also astral quest your your podcast for sure yeah they can go to secretenergy.com or uh and then obviously obviously there's the interversity there but they can go to astralquest.com if they want to listen to the shows and they're all there and uh and if you want to just dig into all of the shows because there's hundreds, you can actually go to the, you can type into Google AstroQuest podcast. So mm-hmm. if you go to AstroQuest.com, you'll find like most of the current stuff and then yeah. pretty much everything. There's probably like a hundred shows there, but if you want to go back like 400, yeah. then you have to go to the podcast. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Very, very awesome intriguing. Stuff. Very interesting. Uh, I'm so glad I convinced you to do a second uh, episode because, uh, yeah, this is some some amazing information that's come through. So thank you for taking, you know, your precious time to uh, to share with me and share with the audience here. 
Oh man, it's been a pleasure. Obviously, I mean, I just think that we have a really good connection, so a lot of things come through very clear. As long as we don't get on extraterrestrials, because you know, it's just <laughs> you know, those are like volumes of you know, and it takes. I, I close those books, and that's what I would encourage most people to do: is you know, be in the present, be with yourself, and yep. to uh, and be with those that you love and care about, which should be everyone. And right. you know, try to not set up too many enemies for yourself that you're going to end up having to confront later on in yep. the steam that all is self, because yep. as you said earlier, this is all a part of our consciousness and we're encouraged to get through it and to make the best of it. And so, yeah, so thanks a lot for having me on Positive Head. And it's been, you know, just an amazing journey. I'm glad I was able to share. Likewise, likewise. Well, everyone, that concludes our podcast. As for all of you out there listening, remember to subscribe to the Positive Head podcast on iTunes and give us a good review while you're at it. Until next time, remember, as long as you ain't dead, You're already positive ahead. Be well, everyone.